My name's Ralph, and I won't use my last name. Hey, I, I, I normally do, but you asked not to. So um, I am so grateful to be here. Um, thank you, Eric, for asking me. And thank you for opening the meeting, Jeannie. And I wave a handout to Josh, who I met a few years ago on this meeting. And I've been here a couple times. Uh, always got a different story. I mean, it's the same story, just extended because I'm here to grow in understanding and effectiveness. Uh, God brought me to you folks on January 4th of 2003. I was brought to my knees by my friend alcohol. <laughs> and it's an honor to be here at, at a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a sacred place to me. Alcoholics Anonymous, I've seen it turn people's lives around. I've seen marriages get back together. I've seen relationships mended. I've seen the lights come on in people's eyes. I have literally seen souls saved. So Alcoholics Anonymous is, is a sacred place to me. And I thank you for having me. Uh, this is a spiritual program of action. The best thing I ever found in the, uh, the 12 and 12, I don't use that much. But when uh, in one of the opening lines, it says AA's 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced as a way of life can expel the obsession to drink and enable the sufferer to become happily, happily and usefully whole. And that has happened to me uh, because of the application of this, uh, these, these steps and the principles in the steps. I started. I'd like to start with, I have another little reading, if you don't mind. This is um, non-approved AA literature. This is from a book. It's called Awareness by Anthony DeMello. He, uh, one of my heroes. He he's puts it real plain. This is called uh, On Waking Up. That's what this program has done for me, is to have a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. And I have had quite a few spiritual awakenings since I got sober. Uh, this is spirituality means waking up. Most people, even though they don't know it, are asleep. They're born asleep. They live asleep. They marry in their sleep. They breed children in their sleep. They die in their sleep without ever waking up, never understanding the loveliness and the beauty of this thing we call human existence. You know, all mystics, Catholic, Christian, non-Christian, no matter what their theology, no matter what their religion, are unanimous on one thing, that all is well. All is well. Though everything is a mess, all is well. Strange paradox, to be sure. But tragically, most people never get to see that all is well because they are asleep. Waking up is unpleasant, you know. You are nice and comfortable in your bed. It's irritating to be woken up. That's the reason the wise guru will never attempt to wake people up. I hope I'm going to be wise here and make no attempt whatsoever to wake you up if you are asleep. It is really none of my business. Even though I say to you at times, wake up, 
My business is to do my thing, to dance my dance. If you profit from it, fine. If you don't, too bad. As the Arabs say, the nature of rain is the same. It makes thorns grow in the marshes and flowers grow in the gardens. So that's what this has been about for me. It's about waking up. It's about getting rid of that which I'm not, going through the steps. Uh, the steps were a, sub a subtraction for me. I didn't add things to my life. My mother taught me when I was just a little toddler the difference between right and wrong. And I grew up and became a teenager and I got to the point where I just didn't care about the difference. So doing these steps and doing the inventory and turning my will and my life over to the care of the power that I seek to this day, it, it allowed me to eliminate the things that I'm not so I could become a child of the universe, a child of God, where God, more of what God intended me to be. I still fall really short these days, but I'm, I'm doing way better than I did uh, 20 so years ago. Um, I'm not much on drunkalog. I really like to talk recovered. I'm a very grateful recovered alcoholic. And the book talks about recovered it's like 17 times in the first uh, 164 pages, recovered, how we've recovered to show us precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. And it goes on to say it five or 10 more times throughout the book. Um, it tells me to introduce myself as recovered, to draw attention to the newcomer, to, to the fact that I have recovered. I've just recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. That's all. If I'm not craving alcohol and I'm not, I don't have the mental obsession to drink, that's as recovered, I believe, as the book says. That's as recovered as I'm going to get. What I was left with was a serious spiritual malady, the uncomfort, uncomfortability. I was very uncomfortable in my own skin. And the steps removed that from me. I remember my first drink. I was, I don't know, nine or 10, just a kid. It was New Year's Eve and my mom and stepfather were having, uh, and my brother-in-law, my older sister, they're having their eggnog with a little brandy in it. And I always got a little shot of eggnog, but I asked if I could have what they were having because I wanted to be included. And I remember my stepfather said, well, a little bit won't hurt him, just a little bit. Well, if he had read this book, Alcoholics Anonymous, <laughs> he would have known maybe we shouldn't give little Ralphie a drink. Um, and that started it off. I, I can't believe it when I look back on it. Um, I had one little glass, and I remember sneaking into the kitchen and sipping off the bottle of Ceremony Brandy. At the last real recollection of that night I have was I had the bottle up drinking out of the bottle and I turned around, looked at him. He was standing there with his hands on his hips, just shaking his head. No, what in the hell are you doing? I'm drinking brandy pops, you know. I got so sick. I, I was sick to my stomach. But they put me in my bedroom. Uh, the story goes my mom wanted to come in and clean me up because it was coming out both ends in a matter of hours 
uh, very sick from, from drinking way too much, a, a little guy like me. And he said, no, leave him in it. He'll be fine. So the weird part is I remember uh, waking up in the morning in the mess and I got to clean it up. And um, I remember thinking, wow, this is cool. I'm going to do this every chance I get. And I was just, I wasn't even a teenager at that point. And I did from then on. I uh, kind of managed it, I guess, for a while, you know, because I was only a teenager. I remember getting the older guys to buy us beer. and I would always drink more than everybody else, it seemed like. And uh, you can just fast forward for like, oh, I'd say 40 years from there and use your imagination. And there's a lot of stories and a lot of things I did because of that, because of my drinking. My last drink that I remember was I was driving over the road for uh, a while, uh, driving a truck over the road. And I was in sh coming into Sheridan, Wyoming, into the port of entry. And when it had gotten to the point where I had to have my liquor in the morning to even get started, I would have a couple shots of Jack Daniels or whatever I had. <clears throat> and then with, and then I'd put some in my coffee and I'd drink my coffee and I'd put my juicy fruit in my mouth, you know, because that way no one would know. <laughs> At least I thought so. I pulled into a port of entry. I didn't have my juicy fruit. I ran out of juicy fruit. So I was rinsing my mouth with whatever I had. And I pulled into this port of entry and uh, they, the lady said she smelled like I had to go into the, into the, into the building and bring my paperwork and my permits. And she said she smelled alcohol. And I said, Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, she goes, well, have you been drinking? I said, no. Well, she said, you're going to have to wait here. We're having a little trouble with your paperwork. So she called the, the uh, state state patrol. They came in. He took me out back, gave me a breathalyzer. And I don't remember. It was way over the limit. And he scratched his head. He goes, holy cow, when's the last time you had a drink? And I said, eight hours, at least eight hours ago, because that was supposedly the law. And so he made me blow in it again. He goes, well, you don't look as drunk as this is reading, you should be really drunk and you're not, but you have a lot of alcohol in your system. I can either take you to jail or you can pay a fine. I said, I'll pay the fine. Long story short, it was about $800, $900. They printed out a check off my credit card and I paid it and he shut me down, took my license, had them hold my license and parked me over in the corner for 24 hours. I parked the truck, got in the truck, pulled the curtain, turned around to uh, the, the bunk and my, uh, my knees were shaken. And I remember my knees were shaken and my, coming out from under me. And I went down and my elbows hit the bunk bed. My hands came together. My head went into my hands and I just sat there on my knees and said, God, please help me. That was my, my bottom. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I realized I'm screwed. I can't keep drinking. I'm going to kill somebody or kill myself. And I can't stay stopped. 
I tried to stop for 10 years. I could stop. I couldn't stay stopped. I had no power. I had no access that I knew of to the power to manage that decision to stay stopped. But from that moment, when I asked for God's help, I haven't had a drink since then. I, uh, they reported it to my company. I had to finish my route. They shipped me back, back into Oregon, where the company was based out of. And I got fired. And I came home, went to a treatment center, went to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And uh, after I passed the, the treatment center thing, um, they got my job back. And I was there for a couple of weeks and I quit. I wanted to come home and uh, start over. Yeah, I quickly got a sponsor. Uh, they, the treatment center sent me to a real powerful meeting where they did a lot of stuff out of the book, out of the book, Alcoholics Anonymous. They, uh, <laughs> my first sponsor was real good, uh, but he had me reading out of a book called The Easier, Softer Way Through the 12 Steps, a Hazelton book. I have no idea where the where they came up with that. It was treatment center stuff. Make a list of all the alcoholics in your family. Did your grandpa drink? Did your mother abuse you? Did your father? Yeah, it's just what he was patting me on the back, you know, I'm telling me how good I'm doing. And I'm not getting what I see some of the people have. But what do we have? If you want what we have, and you're willing to take certain steps. What, we, what I have, what I see we have is a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. It doesn't say as one of the results or as a result. It literally says as the result of these steps. So I got another sponsor and I went to his house and he read out of the 12 and 12. He's reading about step one and he's reading about step two. And I didn't know at the time that the 12 and 12, basically, it's like, it's like a commentary on the steps. It doesn't give you instructions on how to do the steps. So we get to step three. And, and he, we, you know, I read the prayer. He, he reads the prayer. I read the prayer. He says, are you willing to make that decision to turn your will and your life over to the care of God? I said, I'm ready to turn it over to anybody but me. No one could do as bad of a job as I've done in the last few years. So I said, okay, come over here. We're in his bedroom. You hold my hands. So we're on, the, on our knees and I'm holding his hands. And I'll never forget the thought that came to this better work. <laughs> you know, because this is what am I doing? So he said the prayer and I literally did turn it over. But we didn't do the steps and there was no four step and there was no... AA book in front of me and I kept going to that meeting and there was a guy there who kept saying well when we do the steps and he'd look at me out of the book at least I thought he was looking at me <laughs> I'm sure he was looking at me I don't really know if he was or not but I eventually asked that man within a couple of weeks to be my sponsor and I had gone through he had given me some cassette tapes a few weeks earlier and I was listening to Joe and Charlie uh, as they go through the steps, uh, they're, they're my, a couple of my heroes in this program. So I had 
gotten their format to do a four-step and I had actually started some writing, going through the resentment inventory, going through the fear inventory. And I, had, I had some paperwork when I asked this guy. And when I opened up my book, we did step one, two, and three in about 20 minutes, just quickly, just to get through, to get started on the inventory process. I opened up my book and I had these, this format. And he goes, where did you get that? And I said, well, that's your fault. You know, you gave me those cassettes. So well, that's good, man. Let me see that. He goes, well, this is pretty thorough. Um, so we, we started on, on, on the journey through the steps. And he had me up to my amends in a week. I had most of the four step. I had some more stuff to add to it. Um, the inventories. He had me write out a sex ideal. He had me do what the book says to do. And I remember him announcing at a meeting a couple of weeks later, because it, it didn't take me long to make the amends. I got to make some real dandy amends to people that I did some harm to. He said, you know, this gave me my 60 day chip or something. And he said, and as far as I know, this man is current with his amends. He, we're going through 10, 11 and 12. That's the way that the way I read the book and the way I run people through the steps is quickly. You need some relief. You need some relief, man. You need something to get you uh, to for the obsession to leave, to be removed. And if I keep you working on the steps, I give you a time schedule. Come back and have your fourth step. Come back and now we do the fifth step. I want your list. Here's your list. Write them down, write your amends down, where you're going to tell them how you're going to make your amends. It keeps people busy. Once we get through the steps real quickly, then I want to go through the book. I want them to read the book or I'll read it with them so they understand more. Because some people go through the steps so fast, they don't get the, all about the book, but they get relief. I, I um, You know, this is meant, it's a daily, a daily thing. Um, the book in step 10 says, this is not an overnight matter. It, uh, we continue this for our lifetime. And there are so many places in the book that says stuff just like that. Upon awakening, you know, we ask God to direct our thinking. When we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Um, early on page 83, I think, uh, it says we, in our morning meditation, we ask God to show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love to all members of our family. As far as I'm concerned, you people are all members of my family. All of God's kids are my family. We're all brothers. We're all sisters, you know. And it's nice to see people recover. It's nice to see people recover. The book only says... Um, recovering twice in the whole book that I could find. And one of them is a side note on the bottom of a page. It's in the family afterwards and to the wives. I can understand that to the wives. I, I may always be recovering. I've been married to the same woman. If I don't do anything stupid in January, we will have been living under the same roof for 50 years. God knows why. You know, I drug her through the mud with my lies and my behavior. Um, but here we are. We're still together. 
and and that's a miracle. It's one of the miracles of this program. The program itself to me is a miracle. Um, I turn my will and my life over to the care of God in step three. It doesn't say I give my will and my life to God. It says turn it over to the care of God. I ask him for direction. I ask him to direct my thinking, direct my actions. There's a point where I'll ask, would, well, would Jesus do this? No, I don't think so. Well, maybe I shouldn't do it. I mean, I've said it before many times. I'm not positive what God's will is all the time. I, I'm not sure what God's will is at, at times. But I'm positive what it isn't. I know what God's will isn't. So that gets me through a lot. When I turned my will and my life over, I went through step four. Somewhere along in the fourth step, it may have been right before the fifth step, right when I was about through writing, I think I had it all together. I talked to my sponsor, we're going to get together. I realized that that morning, I wasn't begging God for me not to drink today. Please, God, don't let me drink today. Please. I'm, there was a point where I, I just, it wasn't there. It had been removed. And I had very little to do with it, me personally. All I did was show up and suit up, as they say. And I was going through this process out of book, out of Alcoholics Anonymous. If it's not in this book, and if I say anything that you can't concur with in this book, it's my opinion, and it's something else. If it's not, this is Alcoholics Anonymous. If it's not in this book, it's something else. And it might be good. Like I've had some readings. You know, my book tells me to be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they have to offer. And I've done that along with Alcoholics Anonymous. Never instead of for me. I've seen people do instead of. They get off into a religious spiritual thing or some other thing and that then they don't they stop coming to meetings they stop uh, reading the big book they stop sponsoring people and they go out and drink some of them come back some of them don't make it back it's a uh, it's just a beautiful thing for me i remember my worst nightmare drunk log I'll tell you one more, just so you know, I just didn't fall off the boat into Alcoholics Anonymous. I, I was drinking to the point when I was driving over the road right before I, I, I got fired, got rehired and quit and came home and got recovered. That uh, I was stopping for the night at a, a bar restaurant. And I have a vague memory of pulling into the restaurant. It, it was almost dark. And I've been drinking all day, drinking my Jack Daniel, pacing myself. It got to the point where if I wanted to get drunk, I would have to tip the bottle up and literally chug, 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 chug hard liquor to get what I thought was drunk. Because I was just, that was just normal. I just functioned that way. I pulled into this place and I, and I don't really remember going in. The next thing I remember, I was going to eat dinner, have a few drinks, have a little party and go to bed. This was in 
eastern New Mexico. When I came to, I was in western Arizona, driving in the truck with the cruise set, cruise control at 75 miles an hour. Sun was coming up, or was up. I'm on the phone talking to my wife, telling her how I think I got jumped in a rest area, you know, because I got one eye closed. I can't get this eye open. And I pulled down the visor to look in the mirror and there's blood running down from my scar on my forehead here. <laughs> blood had dried on my eye and my chin was a big flap of skin was hanging down here. I'd had no glasses on my upper partial plate was gone. I had no teeth. And I'm telling my wife some cockamamie story, I guess. Either I made it up or it happened. I don't know. I have no idea what happened. And I told her, I got to go. My heart was in my throat. I took a couple breaths. And the first thing that came to my mind after I hung up the phone, I'm guessing you know what that first thought is. I need a drink. I reached down in my little stash spot. Oh, there's the bottle. And there's a little bit of Jack Daniels. And I tipped it up. Oh. It's, it's, um, it's, it's God's grace. Here at the Grace Group tonight, I testify that I didn't kill somebody. Thank you, God. So, you know, it was shortly after that where I pulled into that, that uh, port of entry and got sent to you folks. God brought me to you. I've formed a relationship with God. I've always believed in God. I just never had that relationship with God. I start every morning off now talking to God. When I open my eyes, I realize I'm just part of it. God flows through all of us. I talk to God in the morning. I say a few prayers. I have a timer for my meditation. I try to sit for 10 minutes. I, I don't meditate real well all the time, but I do make the attempt. And sometimes it's really good. And sometimes it's just, I, I have a hard time ignoring my head. You know, got to go to this, got to go. Just ignore it. I hear people say, I just sit and I quiet my mind. I want to know how I've asked them, how do you quiet your mind? The closest I've ever come to was being able to think one thought at a time. If I can think power, the power behind the name of God. If I think God, 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 I can just sometimes just be all up on a little sunbeam for Jesus, man. I'm ready to go out into the world and I go out the door and it's on. There's life. First thing happens, somebody pulls out in front of me. Now, I'm, oh, Jesus, oh, what do you? And I'm this way, and you know, my will be done. I, I practice step 10 all day long. Step 10 is one of my favorites. It's a line of the will. I call it the line of the will step. It talks about, you know, how we continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And when these crop up, not if, when these crop up, because they do. Uh, we ask God to remove them at once. We make amends. We talk to someone immediately about that. I mean, you can, you can share with anybody close. Oh, I got kind of mad there for a minute, but I'm good now. And they don't even have to know what you mean. 
just to share it with someone immediately. Make amends quickly if there had been any harm done. Then I resolutely turn, turn my thoughts to someone I can help. Doesn't say we have to run out and help somebody right away. Just turn my thoughts. Turn, turn. It's a spiritual practice to turn. Um, I talked about turning my will and my life over to the care of God in step three. And then here in step 10, he says something very interesting. Um, I talk about being recovered. I'm not cured. We're not cured. I'll always be an alcoholic. My experience shows me I can never drink safely again. It is easy. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do. For alcoholic, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when I must carry the vision of God's will into all my activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. That threw me at first. So now that I have removed all that was blocking me from the power, from the sunlight of the spirit, as Bill calls it, I get my will back. If my will is in line with God's will, I can use my will all I wish. I think that's what the book just said. It, it is a, a minor miracle to me. So I try to do step 10 all day long the line of the will. Am I doing God's will? Like I said, I don't always know, but I know when I'm not. What's right, what's wrong, what's honest. Um, if it's not yours, don't take it. <laughs> There's just little things I've learned over the years because I would take it if I wanted it. All I Normally, all I have to do now is ask. And nine times out of 10, I go, sure, man. Or I'll split it with you. Here, you can have some, whatever it is. Or, hey, are you going to you know, be using that? No, man, take it. And I used to just take it. And a guy told me early on, you know how to stop sealing? No. If it's not yours, don't take it. Pretty good, simple, profound. And then in, in step 11, I love step 11, upon awakening, I ask God to direct my thinking. I ask him, what's on the plate today? I'll go do what I believe I'm supposed to do right now, whether it be go to work or if I have plans for the day, um, do those. But God, come with me. Show me the way. Direct my thinking and my actions. And it works pretty good. Like I said, when I get out of the house, sometimes it, it, things happen. There's this, you go to the store. I just got to stop and get a quick cup of coffee. I'm almost to work. And I should have left earlier. That's the answer. And I get behind somebody in line at the store. And, and you know, sweet little old gal coming up there. She's got all of her items on there. And she's still pulling her stuff out of the basket. And the checker's like checking them out as faster than she can pull them out of the basket. And she goes, that'll be 49.59, uh, miss. And she goes, okay, just a minute. Gets her purse, starts looking through her purse, you know, 
for her checkbook. Oh, okay. Well, now's a good time to look for your checkbook. So she gets out her checkbook and says, do you have a pen, honey? You know, so I, in my head, go, Whoa, what, why didn't she do this? Why didn't she have the check? Why didn't she have her checkbook out? Why didn't she have it filled out with the store? You know, my will be done. And I catch myself these days and I realize what a sweet little old gal. What a sweetheart. She, who could be angry at that? I should have left earlier. There's the line of will. Now I line my will back up with God. When I get up to the counter, because I'm so sorry you had to wait. And I said, you know what? I was starting to think that too. But I was just hanging out, enjoying the show. Thank you for saying that. So I asked God to remove it. I've discussed it with someone. I didn't harm anybody. And I've already turned my thoughts. If I get to open the door, I go outside. And she's trying to get her groceries in the car. Can I help you with that, ma'am? Oh, well, thank you. What a sweetheart. So it's just, that's the program. And for me, this is the program in action, a set of spiritual principles that I get to apply. Um, I have never seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed this path. I've seen more people fail than I have succeed because, and it's always points to, they have not thoroughly followed this path. There's a set of instructions in there between page at the end of page 83 through 88. Steps 10, 11. And then there's 12, of course. We have to give this away freely. We have to give what we have been given. And nothing better than, than helping a new guy and watch the lights come on in their eyes when they finally go, oh, I get it. There's a set of instructions there. It's, it's a 24-hour program. Every day, every day, every day. And if I live that way, I have pretty good days. I fall really short still. After 20 years, I still fall short and I still get upset. It doesn't last very long anymore. I don't suffer well anymore. I, I, I want to be free. How free do you want to be? One of my heroes used to say, uh, how free do you want to be? My grand sponsor used to tell me that. I try to thank him for all this stuff. He said, no, no, don't thank me. All that matters, Ralph, is what you do with this shit at the end of the day. Quote. I go, really? Man? I was just trying to thank you. He goes, don't thank me. Just go do it. He didn't care about my feelings. He told me that. I care more about your life than your feelings. If I hurt your feelings, too bad. He would say things to me and I'd look at him like, where's the love, man? You know, he goes, I love you enough to tell you the truth. I'm watching your feet. Mother effer, he'd call me, you know, <sighs> okay. I I'm grateful. That's the kind of sponsorship I needed. I needed to be called on, call on my crap, held, held to task to do the job that, that was that's that's written in the book for me, you know? It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And like I said, when you see the lights come on, when you're helping somebody else, I can't help, I can't save anybody. There's nothing I can do but point someone in the in the this direction. 
Alcoholics Anonymous in this direction. I can go through the book with you. I can guide you through the steps. You have to do it. If you can't figure it out, I can even help you write your inventory if, it, if I have to. I'd rather not, but I have done that before. The guy has a real hard time reading and writing. Helped him write out his fourth step. And one of my best guys, he's got it. He's like 15 years sober. He used to call me up and say, well, my ex-wife is calling me on the phone and she's telling me the kid's doing this and I don't And I go, well, what do you want me to do? Well, what should I do? I said, read pages 84 through 88 and call me in the morning. What? Yeah, yeah, do that. So he, he wouldn't call me in the morning because he never did what I told him to do. So he called me up again, maybe later in the day. Well, she called again. I go, I have no experience with ex-wife. I don't have any children. I can't help you. Call somebody who has ex-wife and, and out of control kids. What? What am I supposed to do? I said, read pages 84 through 88 and call me in the morning. We did this three or four times at least over a period of a month or something like that. Every time he called me with a problem, you know, I, I can't solve your problem. You can read pages 84 through 88. So he called me up one day, he goes, Ralph, wow, those are instructions. And, and I went, it went cha-ching. I heard that little bell go off, you know, like when an angel gets his wings. Ding, 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 the little bell going off. I go, he's got it. He got it. Don't have to worry about him. And now he has gone on to sponsor all kinds of people and help a lot of people in Alcoholics Anonymous. And he's a beacon in AA. To me, that's the kind of stuff we get to experience in this uh, in this program. If we follow directions, you know, it says we basically nothing will help as much as helping another alcoholic. Um, I go to a few meetings still around here locally, but the meetings the meetings don't treat my alcoholism. They support my effort to stay sober. They, re, they, they support me. I get support from a lot of people in the meetings, but I don't know about you, but Bill wrote early on in like 59 or 60. I'm not sure of the date, but he wrote here, sobriety, freedom from alcohol through the teaching and practice of the 12 steps is the sole purpose of an AA group. Now, there's a lot of meetings I go to that that doesn't seem to be their sole purpose. I've been uh, fortunate to secretary some meetings and I, I'll, I'll read that. I throw that in the reading. I make sure it's okay with everybody in the group because that's what I want to hear at a meeting. I want you to be teaching me. I want you to share your experience with the steps. I want you to tell the newcomer how you've recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body and how you have been given the power to help others. I mean, it talks about God. It's all about the power of God in here. It says it, I had to write it down. It says it 142 times in the first 164 pages. So we are going to talk about God. And I've seen people, oh, don't say that. You'll scare them off. Great. That's all I've got. With blessings, maybe alcohol will bring them back. And maybe they'll hit their bottom. And they'll want to recover. Because it's a spiritual program. I hear people, well, I don't know about, you know, I'm not too fond of the spiritual part of this program. 
right, well, you, you you didn't get it. Have you done the steps? Do you have a sponsor? Well, no, man, but I haven't had a drink in, you know, two years. And you're happy, joyous, and free? Yeah. Well, maybe you're not an alcoholic. They don't like that. I said, have you been able to quit on your own? You go, yeah. Well, the book says then, then you're probably a hard drinker or a moderate drinker. I didn't write it, dude. Don't give me that dirty look. I didn't write it. I'm just reading it. You know, we, I have to qualify people. Make sure that you're an alcoholic. I don't want to hear your stuff in here about how you haven't don't you haven't had a sponsor and I haven't done the steps, but I haven't had a drink in 15 years. Right on. The world's a better place, I'm sure, but don't be telling the newcomer that. Because you might be dealing with a real alcoholic that needs this, that the only way they can recover is through a spiritual awakening. Uh, you know, that's been my experience. And and like I said, when I said I wish you, <laughs> Jeannie said I was 3,000 feet high, you know, uh, and I'm higher now than I was when I got here. I get really excited about this stuff. Um, I have to function in the world of the world. And like I read in that reading, it, it, from my view, the world of the world, the physical world of the world is a mess. It's a mess right now. It seems like it's always been a mess and it just keeps getting messier from the, from the, uh, from the Donna Reed show, the leave it to beaver type of TV programs. If you're old enough to know what those are, where everything's beautiful, a white picket fence, mom's in her apron with her pearls on cooking dinner. Dad comes home from work. The kids are well-behaved. I don't remember that ever being real. But in the world of the spirit, all is well. The fellowship of the spirit. Join us in the fellowship of the spirit. There's a difference between, there's a fellowship, there's a spirit of the fellowship, which I love. It's what we're doing right now. We're doing some, or I'm talking, but this is a fellowship. And the spirit of the fellowship but there's a fellowship of the spirit and and you know who's in it when when you're there and that's where i try to reside i try to reside there i'll do one quick reading and i'll call it and give the meeting back abandon yourself to god as you understand god admit your faults to him and your fellows clear away the wreckage of your past Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Well, thank you for letting me share. I got my head in the clouds and my feet on the ground the best I can. And God bless you all, Grace Group. Thank you.